Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, good morning. Welcome to all of our campuses. All of you watching online, all of us here, you're looking good today, this beginning of of January, a new year. So glad you're here. I got to talk a little bit about Christmas Eve, and I just want to say thank you. And and I hope that you know my heart. The only reason I'm telling you this is, is because you made a difference we don't print this, we don't send it out on social media, but across our campuses, we were 100 and some odd people away from 17,000 people visiting Hope and coming in and worshiping and, and Christmas Eve. And let me tell you, not one person had to sit in overflow. Not one person had to sit in the lobby. Now, some of you choose to sit in the lobby because you hate people, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding, sort of. Um, uh, and, and that is because you signed up, you, you RSVP'd, most of you, and I just want to say thank you. It, it makes a difference when somebody comes, maybe it's for the first time, and they have a good experience. They don't come in late and just go, oh, wow, I didn't expect, you know, uh, and then they're in the back room somewhere. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that, and don't forget next year, no complaining, just do it. Just RSVP and do it, God's will. Um, okay, two things before we dive in. Uh, young adults, we have a a uh, mental health and Christianity night, January the 19th, that's a Friday night, 6.30 p.m., right here at Frisco East. You can sign up at hopefellowship.net slash young adults. And there's a lot of of anxiety, there's a lot of depression, there's a lot of, for all of us, but especially it feels like anyway, in this generation that we deal, they deal with a lot. There's, I don't know, social media may have a lot to do with that, but um, pressure in in our lives. So we're going to look at what does God have to say about that and how can how can we get healthy, right? That is uh, Friday, January 19th, 6.30. If you're a young adult, that means 18 to 20-something, and uh, we'd love to have you there. Now, the second thing, now I know it's already January 7th or whatever date it is, but we are, are challenging everyone. If you want to read along with us here at Hope, it'd be cool if, if a lot of us were reading the same passage of Scripture each day. We're going to read the New Testament through this year, um, all you got to do is go to hopefellowship.net slash app. It's in our app. It goes straight to version, and you can read it on your iPhone. You can read it on your Android. You can read it wherever, or you can take your Bible and just follow along or whatever. But if you want to read along with us, um, that'd be a fun thing if, if most of Hope w- was doing that. Now, the message, the, the, the series we're starting is My Name Is, and many of you have seen those tags where you go to a conference or you go to some kind of meeting and, and they want you to put your name on it or whatever, and there are many names that we carry. There's many labels that have been put on us or maybe we've put on ourselves. Maybe you go by pastor, maybe you go by realtor, maybe you go by business uh, professional, maybe you go by mom, dad, maybe you go by a little bit of country, a little bit rock and roll. Um, maybe, maybe you, you go by all, we, we go, go by all sorts of names. It's a lot of times when I meet somebody and, and say, Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, what do you do? Right? It's, it's the first thing out of our mouths and it kind of labels or kind of names. It kind of defines us. Maybe that label though is a little more challenging. Maybe that label is unsuccessful. Now, these are labels that we would never share, we've never put on here, but we feel unsuccessful, we feel insecure, we feel ugly, we feel overweight, we feel um, marginalized, we feel unattractive, we feel like um, we're just a mess up. 
and it feel, and, it's been, and it's felt like that all our lives. Those labels, um, and many of us maybe have the, uh, the exact opposite. We have positive labels. We feel like we're successful. We feel like we're wealthy. We feel like we've got it all together. We feel all those things can can really uh, damage us either way. And I'm and I'm just wondering if whatever name that we go by today, I'm wondering if God may want to change our name. I wonder if He wants to do something in us and through us that we've never thought of or never dreamed of or, or maybe we just need in our lives. And many at the beginning of the year, <clears throat> we, we make resolutions, and I'm not against that. You, if you've been around Hope or me a long time, you know that I'm not a huge you know, resolution guy or word guy or whatever. And if you are, that's totally fine. It's, it's all personality or you know, choice or whatever. But I do think that for some reason, the beginning of years are, are kind of times in which we reflect on what's going on in our lives and, and maybe what needs to change, maybe what needs to be rearranged, maybe what we need to start doing or stop doing. There's some things that go along with that. And, and that's why this series, um, we've started with this because I feel like that maybe we need to just take a step back from all of that activity, take a step back from the, the goals and, and the, the levels and the whatever that we want to achieve or whatever and just say, God, what do you want? What, what do you want for me? What, not just what I want. And, and again, please, it's not wrong to lose weight. It's not wrong to get healthy. It's not wrong to start eating better. It's not wrong to start saving more money. It's not wrong to start reading more scripture or read more books or, or whatever. But, but I, I feel like sometimes we just make goals and, and, and we just never ask the Lord. We never really wonder. We never really pray about what it is that God may have for us. And in this name-changing idea, in this series, we're going to look at four people who God changed their name. And it was for a very specific reason. And I'm just wondering if maybe there's a name change for some of us. Now, when he changes names, it's always about two things. Really, it's about two things. It's about mission and it's about obedience. It's about God's mission, his purpose, and it's about obedience. God's not really... And I say this, I don't want it to come across negative. God's not really worried about you being happy. He's not really, he's not, I don't think he's overly concerned that you have a bunch of money. I don't think that that's really his goal. If you look at scripture from beginning to end, everything God does is about mission. It's about purpose. And then it's about our response, obedience. So over the next four weeks, here's where we're going to go in the month of January today in this My Name Is, we're going we're gonna to look at Abram. Next week, we're going to look at Naomi. Uh, week three, we're going to look at Jacob. And then week four, we're going to look at Simon. And we're just going to take a look at each of these names and, and why did God change it and what was going on, what are the circumstances, and how, how can we learn from it? Today, we're going to look at Abram, who would become Abraham. We'll talk about that in a minute. And I'm going to go to two parts of the story. It, it could be um, a significant chunk of scripture that we would read. We're only going to read two, chapter 12 and chapter 17, two passages. Um, and, and not much has happened in the world um, up until this point. You've got Adam and Eve, and you got a lot of, you know, kids and so forth. And then you got Noah. 
And then Noah has kids, and from one of his kids comes Abram. And that's where we are. We're in chapter 12 of Genesis. So there's, this is just, just beginning. So here's the story, by and large, of Abram. Genesis chapter 12, let's look. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now, let's just stop right now. And, and I know we don't really, um, I, at least I haven't heard God's audible voice. Um, but I just want you to imagine just for a minute, if you're driving in your car and uh, you, for some reason you have the radio off and all of a sudden this voice starts talking in your car and says, John, I want you to leave your native country and your relatives and your father. It better be God if I'm going to leave my grandkids. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> you better tattoo it right here on my forehead. And your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. Listen, this is the Lord speaking to you in your car. And you're just like, what? How many, how many would, would believe this would get your attention? Number one. How many believe number two, you'd be like, wow, that is a crazy word. Wow. Now, the funny thing is, just a few verses later, we're going to see what Abram does. And it's much like we do. We hear, we get it. How many have ever heard an awesome experience in church or at a conference uh, worshiping God or, or you know, camp or, or whatever, and then the next week you mess up big time? We're going to look at Abram in just a minute. I mean, just a few verses after this word. But I'm going to skip to ch chapter 17 right now and go to where God changes his name. Verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell face down. to the, So this is kind of a repeat of, of what he did in chapter 12 when he first spoke to Abram and said, hey, I want you to leave your native country, leave your relatives, and I'm going I'm, I'm to make you a great nation. All right. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. Now, one of the things I want to just kind of point out is I'm not advocating for you to change your name. You're, you're, you're like, my name is John and I'm, now all of a sudden I want you to call me Mark or, or whatever. So I've had friends do that and it's weird. So don't, don't do that. I mean, if you want to do that, just tell your family, and then it can kind of trickle down from there, but don't make a big, a big announcement. Then you look like a weird Christian. But, but I am saying maybe there, there's something that God wants to do in you. And the reason for a name change, I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Why? Why would God want to change his name from Abram to Abraham? Let me give you one thought. Abram means exalted father. So that's father of his little family, father of one or two or three. And, and at this time, Abram was not a father. 99 years old, still not a father. 
exalted father. So this is, in my mind, I'm looking, this is my dream. This is my goals. This is my purpose. And then he says, I'm going to change your name to Abraham, which means father of a multitude. That's God's purpose. And the reason for the name change was it, it goes from my purpose, our purpose, to God's purpose. And God says, I'm gonna, I'm, and, and we know Abram and, and, and Sarai or Sarah wanted a baby. They wanted children. They couldn't have children. And it was frustrating and so forth and so on. There's a big story about that. But at the end of the day, it wasn't just about one baby. It wasn't just about one son or two sons. It was about a father. He's going to be a father to many, many, many nations, not just kids. Now, this event, this name change would be a reset in what happened in the garden. The, the sin that entered the picture and, and rebellion and, and, and whatever you want to call that with Adam and Eve, obviously it was sin. And, and then there's just like this kind of a fledgling of, of activity and, and things going on. And then all of a sudden, God kind of comes in on Abram and says, okay, I want to go different this time. I, I want to start here, and we're going to reset, and I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make you the father of multitudes. It would be, it would be the beginning of or maybe a, a re-beginning of the story of God unfolding with purpose and precision. Abraham's lineage would include Jesus. There was a reason for this change. There was a reason for this moment in time. And there's some, there's some thoughts that I have about Abraham's story. The first one, and I've already given it to you, number one, God's invitation is always about his mission. And it is. It's always about his mission. Now listen, I am all for us getting better. We talked about this. Going to a conference to make your you know, skills better, to close deals better, to have a better uh, relationship uh, or you know, tools for you know, closing deals or you know, whatever. All those things are good. Those are fine. But if you're an attorney or if you're a teacher or if you're a nurse, if you're a doctor or if you're a construction in the construction field or if you are a mother or a father or whatever... We don't just get better so that we can make more money. We don't just get better so that we can have a, a nice life. Those things are byproducts of honoring God with what we do. Because everything we do is ministry. If you're a nurse, a teacher, an attorney, if you are a doctor, if you are in construction, if you are a mechanic, if you are... Um, the richest person in the world, whatever it is, your sole reason for existence is God's mission. Amen. And that's not just my existence. Because many look at me and say, hey, John, I hope you bring it. I got some friends coming, bring it. <laughs> okay, I'll try. But, but the, the whole reason for you having neighbors and inviting people and, and, and building bridges it's because of his mission. It's because everything, listen, everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament points to the redemption that would come with Jesus. And so when God invites us into mission, here's what he's actually doing, what Jesus fulfilled in Luke 4. Let's read Luke 4. This is Jesus' mission. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. Now, everybody 
I know a lot of us think, yeah, he has anointed you, John, to, to, do, to, to, to bring the good news to the poor. I hope you, I pray for you. And I'm glad that you do. This is not just John or, you know, Bob or whoever pastors a church or is in a missionary or whatever. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And again, this is a prophetic thing from Isaiah to Jesus. We know it's talking about Jesus. But when God invites us to mission, this is what he's inviting us to. What we just join along with Jesus in his mission to bring good news to the poor. That's spiritual poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, spiritually blind, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. When we get invited to what God is doing as a nurse, as a teacher, as a attorney, as a doctor, as a businessman or woman, as a, a realtor or whatever you do, this is why. When God calls, it's always about his purpose. It's always about his mission. It's always about what he wants to do in you and through you. The, the changing of Abram to Abraham was not just a better name because it goes better with Father Abraham had many sons. Father Abram had many sons. It's not, it's not the right thing, right? It's not just to make that song better. It's missional. Let me put it on the screen. From Adam and Eve to Noah to Abraham to Moses to David to Mary and Joseph and everyone in between and all of us after that, it's all about Jesus. Amen. It's all about Jesus. So this year, and you're getting better and you're losing weight or you're getting healthier or you're making more deals or closing more things or what, all those things, are not, nothing wrong with that. And you're going to conferences and you have a good leaders conference coming up, men's conference coming up, glad, glad. All of those things, though, are to get yourself to be better so you can honor God better and achieve his mission better. And the byproducts of that, honoring God, maybe you have a great life, maybe you have a wealth, maybe you don't, it doesn't matter. It's just about, God, I want to honor you and I want to please you. God's invitation, listen, God's invitation is always about his mission. And I want you to understand that he's, he's talking to you. The second thing, the second thing is God's invitation always involves imperfect people. Now, I spend a lot of time on this in my teaching. Um, and it's probably a reaction to the way that I was raised. And I don't mean that necessarily negative, because you've heard me tell, say this. I, I am so grateful for the church that I was raised in, so grateful for the people, so grateful for my pastors. I'm so grateful but the, 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 the overwhelming sense that I got was more negative than positive. And, and in other words, that, man, I better, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to stay saved. I am trying to keep the rules. I'm trying to be a good boy or a good girl. I'm trying to, not me, girl, but anyway, I'm, try, I'm, try, I was imposing you and that sounded weird. So let's skip that. But I felt like it was more of, of my working and more of my achieving, spiritually speaking, more of me staying away from sin. And, and all those things are very, 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 very important. But there wasn't a lot of talk about his grace and, and about his invitation to imperfect people. It was more like if you were, if you, if, in other words, if something happened to you, you would be disqualified. Okay, so that, that was kind of the, whether that was said or not, I'm not trying to, all I'm saying is, I'd spend a lot of time on this because it matters to me. It matters to me that whoever you are, and I'm talking to you, I'm not talking to your neighbor, I'm not talking to your spouse. I'm talking, and I think God is talking 
to you. God's invitation always involves imperfect people. Abraham's life was not perfect. Chapter 12, Abraham gets this word. I'm going to use you. I'm going to make you a great nation. In fact, I'm going to make you many nations. It's going to be awesome. And man, if anybody comes against you, I'm going to get them. And Abram was like, oh, man, wow. Okay, well, let's go. Well, let's look what happens. Chapter 12, just a few verses later. Verse 10. At that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt where he lived as a foreigner. As he was approaching the border of Egypt, (laughs) this is the weird part. Abram said to his wife, Sarai, look, or whatever her name is, look, you are very beautiful, a very beautiful woman. Now, when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife, let's kill him. Then we can have her. So please tell them you are my sister. Then they will spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. Let me just ask you a question. If you cross the border from Texas to Arkansas <laughs> and, and, and you say to your wife, hey, listen, if anybody asks, you're my sister. Right? How many know that's not going to go over very well? And nothing against Arkansas. I didn't mean it that way. Okay. And sure enough, when Abram arrived in Egypt, everyone noticed Sarai's beauty. When the palace officials saw her, they sang her praises to Pharaoh, their king. And Sarai was taken, listen, taken into his palace. Then Pharaoh gave Abram many gifts because of her. Sheep, goats, cattle. Abram made out like a bandit. Because exactly what happened, you're, you're beautiful, they're going to want to kill me. Hey, you're my sister. And he actually gave his wife to Pharaoh to be Pharaoh's wife because he was afraid of being killed. God had just spoken to him, says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. I'm going to bless you, and it's going to be awesome. Okay, great. First obstacle. Okay, let's lie. <laughs> let's lie. Let's just get out of this mess as, be- as best we can. He gave him goats, cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. But the Lord sent terrible plagues upon Pharaoh. Now, you know, isn't that the weird part of God? It's like Abram did this. Pharaoh didn't do a thing. Abram did this. But Pharaoh gets the plagues and his household because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh summoned Abram and accused him sharply. What have you, some, I guess Sarai, I guess it, ha- it came out that, hey, I'm his, actually his wife. <laughs> like, that's an awkward moment. What have you done to me? He demanded. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister and allow me to take her as my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and get out of here. Now, I know we, I'm not making fun of Abram because we do the same thing. I do the same thing. God speaks. He wants to do something in me. He says, hey, why don't you, why don't you do this? Why don't you get rid of this? And, oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. When you're in a service like this, it's easy. It's easy to say, yes, Lord. We're sitting, we're, we're singing these songs of whatever we sang. I don't remember, but, but it was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Yeah, goodness of God or or you're, you're awesome, and, and I want to please you, Lord. I want to praise you, Lord. And when we, the moment we get out of here, it's like the world comes back to normal, and our spiritual sensitivity and obedience goes out the window. A lot of times, not all, not all the time, 
And here's what happened in, in this case. God speaks to Abram, I have a mission for you. And immediately what happens is fear enters the picture. And for many of us, fear enters the picture. I'm not enough. I don't know enough. I don't know enough scripture. I, I'm not disciplined enough. I'm, an, I'm old. And, and I'm, you know what, I'm just going to, John, I know what you're saying is good. I hope that somebody that's young gets it. But I'm just too, I'm too far gone. I'm set in my ways. I don't like reading. I don't like really doing anything except watching TV. I don't think God's going to use me anyway. Fear always diverts us from our mission. Fear always slows us down. Fear always makes us question God's call or his will. Abram messed up. But what I like about it is that he didn't allow it to define him. Now, I know that's a different culture, and I know it was a different time. But Abram, if you look at the story, he picks up from that, and he goes, okay, you know, maybe that's not the best way. But then he, he messes up again with another servant girl that him and his wife get together and say, we're not having a baby, so maybe you should. Anyway, it's a long story. It's, the point is, God calls imperfect people to mission. Amen. Now, how many in the room would consider yourself imperfect? Raise your hand. Can I see your hand? Can I see you? I'm going to look to see who's not raising their hand. <laughs> okay. All our campuses, right? All of us raising our hand, right? Okay. So that means God wants to use you. You may feel worthless. You may feel like a mess up. Maybe you feel the exact opposite. Maybe you feel like you're too important to be used by God. I've got too many things going on, John. You have no idea. You have no idea what I'm going through. It's like, well, poor you. But I am talking to you, and I'm talking to anybody in between. It, God is speaking, and he says, I use imperfect people. That's right. We don't all do the same thing, but God uses. God uses us. And I, and I feel like some of us know that we've messed up, and the reason that we don't get into the game, the reason we don't, we don't get on the field is because we know who we are. And we know what a mess up, we know what a sin, a sinner, we know what we, you know what, we, we know what we're currently doing. And, and nobody maybe knows but you knows what you're doing. And you feel less than, and you feel unworthy, and you feel disqualified, and all those things, and maybe, maybe you are right, maybe there's some time and healing that needs to take place, maybe, can I just tell you, maybe you know to go to Regen, and, and get some perspective and health. It's the best thing we do at this. One of the best things we do at this church is regeneration on Monday night, 630. It'll be here at Frisco East. And if you, are, if you are in a state of, John, I don't think you're talking to me. I just don't know enough. I don't, I've, I've messed up, dude. Or I'm messing up. Yeah, okay, so Moses, Abraham, David, Simon, Paul, who else? Who else do you want to be in the list with? Who else? How many more excuses are you going to make? Does that make sense? And I don't say that in a condescending way. How many excuses should I, I should say, like, how many excuses are we going to continue to make? God won't use me. God is not calling me. God is calling you. His invitation is to you, not just your spouse, not just me. It's to you. Third thing, 
And I'll, and I'll be done. What time is it? Okay. Third thing. God's invitation to mission requires obedience. Now, okay, here's the tension that I have to manage. Because if you know me, Christmas Eve, for example, Christmas Eve, I'm just telling you that God is love and he loves you no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. Remember this? Remember this? God loves you. How wide, how high, how deep, how long? God loves you. He demonstrated his love to us while we were at our worst. Okay, so you hear me say this a lot. And I, and I, I say it a lot because I believe it. I'm not making an apology for the way that I teach. I believe in grace. I believe that he uses imperfect people and you don't have to have your act together all the time and you can mess up and I'm not condoning any of those things. I'm just knowing, I know me and I know you. We're human, we're gonna mess up. Romans 7, go read it. The things we wanna do, we don't do. The things we don't wanna do, we find ourselves doing. Oh, I'm messed up. Okay, join the club. But there's a tension that I have to manage in my teaching that challenges you to obedience. That if you are a mess up and you have been a mess up or you're messing up right now or you're, you're just not scripturally aware enough and you just don't know enough, God can't really use me, whatever the, the excuse, whatever the thing is, well, I, I, I feel like I always have to go the other way to say, hey, God loves you and, he, and, he, and if you choose not to follow him in the sense of calling and mission to what you do, that's your business. That's between you and God. He still, I believe he still loves you and he's still going to give you plenty of chances. He's still going to start, keep speaking to you. You keep coming to church, you keep coming to men's conference, you go to read, he's going to keep speaking to you. But there is a point where I feel like I have to challenge you to you don't stay where you're at. You don't stay rough around the edges. Well, that's just me, John. This is just who I am. Well, okay. You want to star? Or, or do you want to do God's will? Does it make sense? So there's a calling and there's an obedience thing. And Abram had to say, okay. Well, if, I mean, if you're, and if we have no idea what really he was thinking. He was originally from Ur, which is probably modern day Saudi Arabia. And they traveled a little bit toward Israel, but, but, but stayed there for a while. And then that's where God spoke to him and said, hey, I want you to go to this area in which I'm going to use you and so forth. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know if he was like, who? Who are you? What, what do you want me to do? Why? Why are you calling me? I'm nobody. Over the next few weeks, there are three questions that I want you to answer. I, I'm not asking you to answer them right now, today. I am asking you to think about this. This is your homework for the week, besides getting on a reading plan. If you're already in a reading plan, hey, that's great. If you want to, if this can be incorporated into that, great. And I'd love for us to be reading all together, starting tomorrow. We'll just, whatever that, go, just go figure it out and maybe catch up. But I'd love for us to read together. But that's your homework along with answering these three questions. Is God asking me to leave something? Now again, I'm not asking you to, to make that decision or answer that question right this second. I want you to really pray. And when I say at least, I'm not talking about your marriage. <laughs> okay, because many of you are like, oh, that's a word <laughs> right there. <laughs> no, 
know. I mean, get the help you need and work it out as much as you can. But, but I'm, I'm talking about more spiritual things. Is God asking me to leave something? Is, is there a sin? Is there something that I'm doing that I know is hindering me from, from full obedience? And I'm just not willing to do it. I cheat people on, on bills. And maybe God is saying, hey, you know what? I'd like for you to quit that because that's not honoring me. That takes advantage of people and I'm about justice. And I, I just want you to not do that anymore. Don't, don't mess people around. If you own a business, maybe God would say that to you. Maybe he would say, hey, don't put in little fees that you, don't, that you know that people don't know. Maybe you sell cars. Maybe you need to get healthy and, and say, hey, if you own it. Now, if you don't own it, then you got to do what you got to do. Anyway, I'm just saying, what would God be asking you to leave? Maybe there's a group of friends that consistently pull you away from God's will and you know it. Maybe you're a teenager in the room and you want to serve God, you want to fulfill God's call and purpose in your life and mission, but you constantly feel pulled away. Maybe you're dating somebody as an adult that's asking you to compromise. What might God be asking us to leave? Second one is, is God asking me to go somewhere? Is there something that he's saying, hey, I got something for you to do. And, and, and as soon as you can leave this, I've got a place for you to go. I've got things for you to do. Which is the third one. The third, third other is, is God asking me to do something? Is there something he's asking you to do? And it may be small, it may be big, it may be something gigantic. I don't know. But what, and I'm asking you to, to spend some time on this for the next month. Is God asking me to leave something? Is God asking me to go somewhere? And is God asking me to do something? I'm going to say nine times out of ten, the answer is yes, yes, yes. But only you can answer that. And, and you have to, it has to be your heart. And you have to be surrendered to God. And you just have to say, Lord, I want in. I want to do what you want. I don't want to sit in the sidelines. I enjoy watching sports. I really do. Now I'm at the age where I, I enjoy it more. But when I was younger, I wanted to play. I didn't want to watch. My dad and I, would. We, I mean, forever we've, we've been Cowboy fans. And in the 70s when I was growing up, I mean, we would, Dad, I mean, if the preacher wasn't out by 12, there was hell to pay. Right? I mean, it was like, let's go. And we would go, but man, I would sit there with my football in my hands, twirling it up, you know, just twirling up ready, ready for halftime. Couldn't wait for halftime because I knew that dad would go out and we'd go in the front yard and we'd throw until halftime was over. And I wanted to play. And guys, I'm hoping that you want to play. I'm hoping that you want to get into the, onto the field and into the mission of God for you. Quit messing around. Quit making excuses. Quit letting the world rob from you the mission that God has for you. And he dangles wealth, and he dangles things, and he dangles all kinds of relationships. He dangles all kinds of things in front of you to make excuses. And I'm just saying God is wanting to do something new in you, and maybe he wants to change your name. He wants to do something in you, and he wants to do something through you. What do you want to leave? What do you need to leave? What do you, where do you need to go? And what do you need to do? Lord, your word is a light and a lamp. And, and we look at people and grateful we, 
that we have people to look at. We look at their, we, we're encouraged when we look at people in the Bible because it, it just, okay, we're just like them. Okay, great. And, and again, I say this all the time when we talk about people and characters. We're not trying to be like Abraham. We're trying to be like Jesus. We're just learning from Abraham who points us to Jesus. So, Lord, I pray for everybody in this room. I pray for all of our campuses, Prosper, McKinney, Frisco West, online. I pray that whoever's here, whatever questions that are, like, beating on our hearts, that, oh, man, I need to leave that. Oh, I need to go there. I need to do something. God, I pray that we'd have the courage and the guts to say yes and allow you to, spiritually speaking, change our name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.